Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Oh shit, yeah. And tonight things are getting real because I'm sitting at a, at a telly party, baby. It's a special episode. Hotel Your boy's back. Party, hotel <laughs> party. We, that's right. We are hanging out with two of our absolutely favorite people in the world. Um, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, my name's Katie, and you may know me better from Marissa and my uh, podcast, Mise and Scream, uh, where we talk analytical, but we ain't going to be nothing analytical tonight. <laughs> That's right. This is Zach. I'm coming back, and that was not meant to rhyme at yes, all. Yes. You might remember me from such fan faves, such as the uh, Faruka... Uh, for, oh, my good friend. Faruka Salt would be for, good, too. Faruka Salt. I know, right? I want one to go with the goose now. No, no, not her. I want it now. The greatest episode of, uh, uh, of Jersey Ghoul where Jackie got pissed off at Marissa and I for just not getting <laughs> Oz, I swear to God. Return, Return to Oz is Return an amazing to Oz. Jackie, I feel you so I, I feel you. Anyways, I'm oh, back. I'm sure everybody missed this guy, but your boy's back. Woo. And I, I, I'm i glad to be back. This is great. Back again. again, again. Yeah. Um, I well, felt it. Whoa. Well, we forgot to mention that tonight we are celebrating. Oh, yeah. The holiest of holy days. Ooh. And that would be a one Jack. He had the birth... Oh my god, yes! It is our third annual Jackie's birthday extravaganza. Ask how many Marissa birthday extravaganzas there have been so far. Negative one. You just need to be more self-absorbed. Okay, you need to be more self-absorbed. Uh, so yeah, so for our our, our special birthday episode, um, we're talking another one of my absolute favorites, 1994's Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Hell yes. Oh, <sighs> yeah. This is a, mm. such a good fucking movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, my God, I forgot how good that was. You know? Like, it is phenomenal. I also like to call it a prologue to Scream. I feel like this was Wes Craven's, like, meta 
a movie that he wanted to test on audiences who remembers the original Elm Street so that he can do an original idea that calls out the, like, the madness of horror fans. And he killed both of them at the same time. It, I, but New Nightmare is my heart is with that. Phenomenal. I, I'm, yeah, I'm it really does play to this amazing, and if, if it, you call it the test subject, like the, the patient zero of the meta horror, it's a fantastic way to do it because he uses the characters from his films and the ones that you know and the actors and actresses that you love and uses them as like kind of the beta test for what would then be Scream. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this was absolutely his big comeback as a director who we was a force to be reckoned with. I think there were a few wrong turns somewhere in there, but at the end of the day... Like, Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, what? Oh, well, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was what, like, 92? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like mid-90s, horrible. early 90s. But I will say that, like, he went back to what made him great, which was trying something that we hadn't seen and was daring and we needed to see and we didn't realize. So, yeah, I agree. I think this marked a really big return for him. And you're right, it's so meta leading up to Scream. That's such a good call, <laughs> dude. I didn't even think about that. Can we synopse? Birthday girl synopse? I love this part. Yeah. This is my yeah. Here we go. Oh, go. She's getting Birthday ready. Birthday girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody's got an extra three hours. <laughs> well, if we can get through it without interruption, oh, maybe we can cut it down to two. Marissa. <laughs> we can try. We can try. I promise nothing. No promises. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, quick. I'll, I'll do. I'll do a quick synopsis because I do want to get into the meat and bones in the, of this movie. But this movie is it's set in real life. We have the stars of Nightmare on Elm Street. Ten years later, we've got Heather Langenkamp married to a special effects artist. Uh, which side note, in real life, she's also married to a special effects artist, Kevin Yeager. Sorry, interrupted you, but son of a he's bitch, amazing. He's Three amazing. Hours. Take a shot. Three hours. Take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to go scene by scene. I just want to say that the evil that is Freddy was captured in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And when that series ended, that entity, that evil, was kind of released into the world. And this is the entity coming back. And it comes back through the form of Freddy, but it comes back to Nancy. She was the first one that thwarted him. So it targets her. It targets her kid. And it plays out in this beautiful, like, I don't know, we, we're going to say the word meta, like, so many times tonight. But it, it plays out as the script itself is actually what's happening in the script. Like, it's the script of a script. Hmm. I don't know, it's actually kind of hard to, like... The script of a script of a script. Scriptception, it is Christopher Nolan. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, good enough. Let's I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was actually... That's pretty good. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll go with that. It's scriptception. <laughs> That's really the plot Blomp. of it. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so first thing I need to get off my chest is that the little kid from G- Gage, Milo Hughes. Yeah, Milo Hughes. Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes. Milo Kunis. What a little what a little champ. I just want to pinch his little creepy ass cheeks. God, he's scary. Oh, he's so scary. He's like... How how does like the whole kid actor thing just blows my mind in general because mm. kids are just whatever but like creepy he, you annoying. can say it annoying like, <laughs> in pet cemetery as like a toddler he's coming into this where he's just he's so on point like I absolutely love him I loved him in pet cemetery I love him in this movie mm-hmm. no he's a fucking creepy ass little kid though. <laughs> like I have to say one of my phobias oh no was that my kid would be creepy it's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's very real 
And I have to say him and the other kid that if my kids were ever as creepy as <laughs> I was double looking check. Was double check it. No. They're just creeping behind yeah. the couch. They are that creepy. Oh, um, they, they are. <laughs> but to be fair, kids can be even the cutest kids. And I do think, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but my kids nah. are fucking cute. Um, they, yeah, when they listen to this in 30 years, they're like, well, at least mom drunkenly called us fucking cute. But, yeah, this could be what they play. I'm like, well, kids are fucking cute. Um, no, they're adorable. But uh, they can be creepy. Even the mm. cutest kids can be so creepy. And this kid toes the line. There are moments where he's cute. And then the rest of the time, you're like, he's mm, playing with his oatmeal, making Freddy face. That's that adorable. Was, that's it's adorable. Yeah, the little, yeah. <laughs> the freaking dinosaur that got all chopped up. That Rex! Was oh, Rex! Rex, greatest hero ever. <laughs> and the worst pediatrician ever, too, at the hospital. <laughs> oh, we're jumping ahead. We're, we're jumping ahead. Sorry. So, yes, please. So this, this, real, this brought up something very real life. Not like my life, but real life in the sense of, like, what, what must that be like? And I feel it's, like, really relevant, like, for someone who is not an Having A-list. Kids, it's, it's fucking terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> someone who is not an A-list celebrity, mm. but is kind of A-list within the genre. Heather Langenkamp probably can walk down the street and a couple people will recognize her. Heather Langenkamp walks into a convention and we're going to swarm her, you know? And it's yep. it's the same, like, for her, for Linnea Quigley. Like, if I went into work and was like, oh, my God, I'm going to see Linnea Quigley this weekend, um, they're going to say, who? But, like, <laughs> I say that to my horror community and they're doing backflips that, that I get to be in the same room, you know? So I'm, I'm it's, like, such a... Like, and she even says it in the movie because the limo driver calls her like, oh, you're a big star. And she said, I'm hardly a star. That's right. But it's like, mm-hmm. it, you think, you, it's like, I'm just, that's like, what is that life like? Where you are, you're a star, but very specifically a star. Well, and it's an interesting point to bring up, especially the fact that we are all at a convention right now with these people (laughs) and we get to talk and interact with them in a very personal way. And so it is, it's like seeing that day to day and understanding, getting the understanding that these are real people with real lives and they they can't help the things that happen to them, uh, like not being the A-list actor. They just chose a different path, Um, but they're still so beloved. And we see it, I mean, the story begins and we have Heather Langenkamp's character being kind of like stalked and terrorized by this prank caller who I think by the end of the film, we're not sure if she actually had somebody that was calling her and making these calls to her or if it was always the Freddy entity just biding his time, scratching the back of her neck and saying, like, I'm always at your door. I'm going to come out soon enough. When I, when the time is right, I'm going to be there and I'm going to dive in. My thought when I was younger, because I didn't know who Wes Craven was at the time. I thought it was Wes Craven. Because I thought that, that this like was a way. No, like Wes Craven was calling her. Because like, I didn't know who Wes Craven was when I was like 10. And um, I thought that was him, like trying to get her to do the movie. Because I don't know, in, in in my mind, that made sense to me. Like, okay, what better way to make her do the movie than like the prank caller and kind of give her the fear? Because the fear of Freddy is what makes him um, exist. So that's kind of what 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 I went off of, and I've never read that conspiracy theory ever since. So I hope that goes viral. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the whole B list thingy though, I think what's great about Heather Langenkamp is. I love her. She's great. I used to, um, junior year in high school, I didn't go to prom. 
so I watched uh, New New Nightmare in Elm Street three, and we were together. It was crazy. <laughs> but the fact is that yes, we're at horror conventions. Honey, I'm sorry. Prom what? night, and there's no Jamie Lee Curtis. Get out. Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> was not one of my loves. She was like a babysitter. I don't like that. <laughs> Anyways. Neither here nor there, but the thing is, because of this convention world, back then, though, the conventions weren't as, I don't know, as big as they are now, I feel like. Agreed. Where, like, we would recognize them, be like, oh my god, it's Heather Langkamp. Back then, I don't think they would have really cared much, back in, like, the, like, like a 96 Fangoria uh-uh, convention. That's true, yeah, it would have to be a really yeah, I feel like fan. Yeah, so, like, time has made the B-list A-list. In the horror community, absolutely. Correct, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it was funny when I was starting out, I didn't have a lot of notes because I got super absorbed into the movie. And like, I just, I didn't write because I'm watching one of my favorite movies. And then the scene when Wes and Heather are having the conversation and Wes starts to reveal everything, suddenly like my notes started just to flow and I'm like quoting stuff. That is probably one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie, I think, ever. Because to me, that's one of the most original ideas. And I mean, I say that now at a time where we are desperate for original ideas and horror. Oh God, yes. So like that whole scene where he's talking about evil is forever and you know, Freddy is the murder of innocence. He was captured by the stories and held prisoner until either the story ended or just kind of, it wasn't scary anymore. And you can look at the Nightmare series and see where it started out scary and then stopped being scary. I mean, by the time we get to Freddy's dead, it's it's just one joke after another. It's, it's ki- <laughs> like kids are excited to see Freddy. Yeah. When your kids are excited to see Freddy and dress up like Freddy, when little kids are dressing up like Freddy, Freddy's not scary anymore. And that's kind of where it died so Hmm. with this it's brought back that scene really cemented it for me with with why this movie is so amazing you bring up this amazing point because there's there's i guess it's the freddy's dead lost script and it's peter jackson right yep so he he created this idea this is pre-freddy's dead where you have old man freddy like an old man logan type character and he isn't scary to kids anymore and he like people they go they go to sleep they put themselves to sleep so they can pick on him and they can like mm-hmm. goad him and just play with him because he is he's become such a joke and then it's just like he's able to kill one kid accidentally though accidentally. in the script it's very freaky but you're still on Freddy's side like he accidentally like kind of like stops getting like picked on he's getting bullied and he like it's just funny to say a a, a teenager's bullying Freddy Krueger. And he accidentally stabs him. And now the rules come back. That kid's now dead. And now everyone's freaked out like, holy shit. And then that gives him his power back. But it's hard to continue. Yeah, so, but, yeah. So, but I always think about that script when I watch New Nightmare. Because I feel like Craven had to have known about it. Because it is. It's that kind of, Freddy isn't scary anymore. He's not. Um, and the, like he isn't who he thought he was back when it originally came out. And then... And but he is able to come to life through almost the imagination of these people. I think the right term is topa, um, is a collective imagination bringing it together, a Jungian uh, universal consciousness that brings the horror entity to life. And this isn't Freddy's dead Freddy. This is 
like straight out of new nightmare or straight out of nightmare so it is it's the new nightmare it's almost like a marriage of to the first film mm-hmm. um and maybe even dream warriors too um that everything that's in it and it, it it really captures so much of what the original was all about and if you throw out the rest of the canon and just give me nightmare on elm street and new nightmare i'd still be a happy camper oh yeah well i think that elm street to new to new nightmare is akin to uh, Halloween 1978 and the Halloween that came out last year they said fuck the sequels we're doing this now you can totally do that with Nightmare and New Nightmare but what's great is going going off of what you said Jackie is that kids love them there's that scene where like Heather Langkamp and Robert England are up on a talk show and the kids in the audience are dressed up as Freddy Freddy rolls up and gives one of them a high five and you hear like the knives clap it's so ridiculous and the last line in Freddy's Dead is kids that's the last thing freddie says after his daughter stabs him he's like oh kids and the first line in new nightmare is miss me that's fucking great wow. i don't know if that's meant but again as a freddie nerd yeah. i love that bridge i love that bridge because it's like that's who he's speaking to is nancy it's the first one to really beat an evil freddie entity and that's what's great about it. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And I think that um, these movies, for better or worse, grew up with their core audience. Because when you look at the trajectory of how ridiculous they got with 4, 5, and 6, it was because we were in like the throes of like the heyday of like a satanic panic and oh god yeah. you know like all that so for like let's say freddy the fourth one freddy's dead right no that's the fourth, the fourth one, one is dream, dream, master. dream master dream master for dream master and all those later ones that were to me the weaker of of the whole franchise it made perfect sense for the franchise to kind of grow up and grow back into its original state and kind of circle back around only because and i think it, um, you guys are right about that but i think it's because it was we were all grown up at that point like and mm-hmm. we were younger for freddy fans like most of freddy fans that you know we were heather i mean we were heather when this movie came out i mean at least like that was the idea the people who were watching it were right now, we're, he- we're, we're now her right. yeah and like even just like making her mom and having you know like there's a lot about it that feels like it's a very maturing of craven's initial like d- direction as a director so. mm. that's actually something that heather langenkamp talked about in I don't remember if it was... uh, I've got one of the uh, special edition box sets on VHS, and after every... Uh, after every movie, there is a like an, an in-depth cool. interview. Never I sleep think, again? yeah, I think I was gonna say I think they put it all together for Never Sleep Again. But in that, Heather Langenkamp actually talks about how she she was not a mother when they did Dream Warriors, and she felt almost odd playing like a mother character. And she even says like looking back at it, she kind of groans about like ugh like that she she felt she didn't do a good job as a mother like be, or being right, a mother like a character a mature, thank mm-hmm. you yeah but she said now we're at new nightmare when oh. she's a mom in real life and that puts a completely different spin on it and uh, you know that comes through a thousand percent because and and you know me and my not love of kids but <laughs> one of the coolest moments in this movie is when she finds Dylan's sleeping pills and she realizes those are the breadcrumbs and she's like you gave me a way to find you like that to me like something there is a tiny spark of you maternal in your me. heart light 
I did <laughs> turn on my heart light. Neil Diamond there was a house. tiny, tiny little maternal <laughs> instinct in me. Wow. And when she was like, you gave me a way to join you, it was like, and like the music swells. And I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah. But at the same time, bitch took like five sleeping pills. You're gonna OD. Like she needs to slow down. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. Yeah, because I agree. I, I wrote down what a great mom. I mean, and you can tell she's like, you know, they, I feel like you can tell immediately when the maternal instinct is real. And I was like, mm. she sells it so well in this film. And like, you're right. It got, it got me, but I'm a she sucker for it. runs across a freeway. Like, that's been. absurd. Mm. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, of all of the things you could do, like, to demonstrate that kind right. of thing, and I, it does, it speaks to things like, like, Craven's knowledge of what this, this, what the stakes needed to be in order to make this real. And, and not yeah. put, not mm-hmm. necessarily put Freddie in the forefront, but put these real life situations, um, you know, Miko on top of the oh, playground that structure like my heart stops. and mm-hmm. like all of these moments that are just generated from, yeah, the inspiration of Freddie, but the hor- the real horrifying moments are not the ones where Freddie has the claws rubbing up against the metal. They're the ones where you think that's, that something is going to happen to him. And I, you know, what still jars me to this day about that movie is when she, when he messes with the husband and when she finds out that her husband gets in the accident. And I still, it, I forget about it every time and it still jars me every single time that that is a real thing. I keep expecting him to come back. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I keep expecting it to yeah, not be in reality. That way. Yeah. Because if you don't see it, it never happens. I'm a firm believer in if you don't see the kill, if you don't see the body, it doesn't happen in the movie. Usually they come back. Yeah. And well, it's just, no. No. Yeah. But with New Nightmare, what it does so well, which the other nightmare on Elm Street's, that this is, again, why, why you don't remake a movie, you reimagine it and you kind of recreate it. In the, in the Elm Street series, a mother, the mother characters, do not believe their kids. They laugh at them. They're like, oh, whatever. You're just a teenager. You're on, you're drinking drugs. You're drinking drugs, right? But <laughs> here, this is, a, a, again, this is why I love being on Jersey Ghouls here. This is a women's, I'm going to go for it, women power podcast. Yeah. I got to tell you, there's nothing more magical than a woman's ability to give birth to a child. And then you got that maternal instinct, which is just fucking crazy. Now, here's the greatest part of it is that, yes, Nancy starts as a child herself. And then in Elm Street 3, she has a maternal thing, but she's more of a best friend to Kristen when it comes to the Dream Warriors. Yeah, like and she, a mentor. Yeah, exactly, type. a mentor, right? But the new nightmare, yeah, she puts her life at risk, even like from the beginning, like the like the earthquake hit, hits and Chase, the husband, like grabs her, makes sure that she's safe. And the first thing that she says is Dylan, screams and runs downstairs and they go as a family, just like hugs Dylan because it's about protection and that maternal instinct that that is all about the protection. I am your guardian and there's this entity that's trying to get me, but to get me is to get you, which is the biggest part of me. You are my heart, you are my soul, and he's gonna come for you first because when he gets you, there's no point to me. And I think that's what the greatest part of New Nightmare is that nobody looks at, which again makes it such a great fucking movie. Sorry, continue. I, I no, just dude, love this movie. I'm glad that you I, chose I it. I have so said, much yeah. to say about this movie. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I also think one of the things that... I'm sorry. No, 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 go. One of the things I think, just to piggyback off the earth, earthquake... Earth, 
Earthquake. Earthquake. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Will Smith over here. (laughs) Just to piggyback off of the earthquake scene, one of the things that makes this movie so effective to me is all of the real terror around them. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just there to be red herrings, but like between the earthquakes and then like the the death of the husband, which they do a good job of like building their relationship in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And like I, it does, it devastates me. It's so jarring to me to think that she loses that because you would lose that and then you'd also have to go on and that would be like my literally my worst nightmare yeah <laughs> so i i think that at, at the end of the day like yeah the stakes are so high for her because it feels so real it's her kid it's her kid in, de- in very like realistic danger not freddy danger that's mm. it's and that's exactly like my piggyback off of your piggyback <laughs> of, oh, yeah. of why it works piggyback party this is why it works and our neighbors so when we're talking about a movie being meta, I know that like in this day and age, we go to, you know, we go to Scream, we go to Cabin in the Woods, and Cabin mm. in the Woods is another one that really works. Mm-hmm. It Rise also yeah, It also <laughs> has, you know, with Cabin in the Woods, it has the meta, but it's funny. Like it's it's mm. it's Joss Whedon, so you got that quick wit. What works I think about this is it's meta, but there is there's terror because Freddy is scary. I think there is also, and again, what I don't even remember who said it at this point about how we grew up with the movies. Teenagers in 1984 are now, yeah, young adults in 1994, maybe have kids. You have a mother that, at points in this movie, is absolutely helpless to uh, for her son. Like she cannot help her son because at some point they think it's psychological. And as a parent, that's you know I'm gonna look to you, Marissa. Like that's. Like real, absolute fear. This is fear grounded in real life where there is something wrong with your child, you can't help them, they can't fully explain what's going on, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you can protect your child, you don't know if you can keep your child safe, and as a parent, I'm fairly certain that that's probably at the top of the list of things you need to do every day, is make sure your kid's okay. Yeah, thing that so that the story can plod forward, mm-hmm. and you know they can't be believed. I, I just read a book that um, my best friend's exorcism. It's fantastic. Where I like read, the uh, the, the oh, downfall yeah. of the um, the main character is all about her not being believed, and I get so frustrated with those stories. Like they make me angry, and I never get angry with New Nightmare, even though it is that premise. And I think it's like the, it has something to do with the central like focus of it like I like I'll say the beta testing of me being familiar with these characters me like knowing that like there has to be the understanding that this world exists you know it's it's the Romero egg in the egg in the dozen monster where eventually you're going to crack that egg and the monster's going to come out I am willing to suspend the disbelief because I'm familiar with this horror character and I and I'm so I'm good with it and it's something that he, I think he carries over into Scream where, like, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief in that much. And yeah, it does such a great job yeah. of... Well, like, going off of what you said was that... Marissa, sorry, this is obviously <laughs> visual. Um, is that, yeah, parents back in the 80s, if you notice this movie trope, too, as well as the 80s, they were the boomer generation who discovered money. 
They didn't fucking care what their kids did. Right. They don't fucking care. It was all about Here's heavy medication. Go to McDonald's. Yeah, they <laughs> threw money at the problem. They threw money at the issues and the problem. Look at Ferris Bueller. They threw money at the issues. They didn't fucking care. Just was like, hey, are you safe? All right, cool. Later, I'm going to go out and fucking party. Yeah. But then because of that, when you're a child of that boomer generation, you actually want to be like, man, you know, like, I want to be part of my like kids' uh, life. Not overbearing, but make sure that they are well taken care of and believed. And, and that's exactly what you see Heather do. She is a a mom champion. And again, you don't see that movie much. I'm really trying to think of one where like the mom takes over. If anything, it's like now the opposite where it's like in today's world and like the new generation, if anything, it feels like children are a burden upon mothers. And it's a little weird. Poltergeist. Or, poltergeist. Hereditary even too. Well, I, th- I and, think of when you say that, I immediately yeah. think of the Babadook where Yeah, the, Babadook again. The mom's the mom's problems are so all consuming that they're like projected on the child and and the child already has his own problems and it manifests the spirit, which is very similar to what happens with Freddie. Um, but I, I think of it as she's not able and she has to rise to the occasion. But in this, Heather Langenkamp is like on board from the beginning she is seeking it out she's like robert shea uh west craven robert england what the frick is going on yeah Yeah. and like she is ready to get down to business Mm -hmm. and that kind of agency is something that i think yeah 90s parents man which proves again that heather langenkamp is one of the best final girls ever not only is she a victim she's a fucking survivor girl she i just swear i swear to god there's just there's no other horror like final girls who just are that like, I, I don't know. There's not a she's word not for a it. She's, she's not, not a victim. A victim. She she's not a victim. She's never a victim. And she finds out by herself. She doesn't need a man to tell her what to do. She finds out for herself. She fucking does it herself because she knows what to do. And again, but then you put that mother aspect of it, which again, women, you girls are fucking unicorns. You have this power to fucking create life. It's crazy. And you use it. I know. Stick your tongue out, Jackie. I don't care. But this is a <laughs> great fucking power. And it's fucking awesome to watch. And... This should have been a Mother's Day episode. <laughs> I'm into it, man. All right. I feel like I usually have to be quiet about like the power of the maternal. Hell um, no. <laughs> no and just kind of getting circling back around to what Katie said, you're so right. Like the fact that she is is literally yeah, like she's never victimized by her motherhood or like. And you're right, it's not a burden. Any, I, I'm doing the pointing thing. <laughs> it's it's her um, strength. It yes, is, it's her strength, and it's so. I I argue for this all the time in horror because I'm like, kids are not a burden. Kids are not like kids are a source of strength. Like I remember reading a critique about it, aliens, aliens. Mm. I always want to say aliens too, and I know James Cameron. Sorry, James <laughs> presents. And like, <laughs> they were, it was a feminist critique that was basically like, well, how dare they, you know, make her power be the maternal? Like that she finds this little girl and it gives her more strength. And I'm like, Ridley's a badass bitch. The fact that she sprinkles in a little more because she's protecting a girl with her maternal instincts isn't a fucking crime against women. I you agree. Know what I mean? That's like, an added not power. Only that, I, would, <laughs> I would argue that the only way she would have the power to take on a queen mother is alien is by taking a maternal strength. Preach. Because I don't think, she, like, based on the character and the necessity of the, like, just world i know we're talking about aliens but still um in our like, realistic world like <laughs> if, if you got a mom alien you gotta have a mom That's right. so you, you, to, that creates it's a leveling of the play, playing field it's putting on the yellow you know gear Next suit, suit. Yeah. and just yeah and just 
go into town and yeah. that it's that power that gives her that strength <laughs> and it and it's same in this is like that it's that power that makes her say all right kid like let's go in your dreams yeah we're gonna get mm-hmm. this guy i love it um i want to bring it to freddie himself and the way he looks in this movie. Isn't he awesome? Fucking creepy. Okay, that now th- this is a little so side much track. Viscera. I remember this movie was on pay-per-view when I was in Little League. Okay, so I would go to practice playing baseball. I remember it was a cloudy day. And all I could see, because I was playing right field, and I see the clouds, and I could have swore, I saw that scene where Freddy, the, the cloud, it turned to the cloud, and he was going to, like, like get me when, like, the foul ball comes. Oh, my God, it was just, I remember Elstree, and I could hear the music, and I could see Freddy, and his little, <laughs> it was more of a little, like, snake, a little, like, whisper, an old man laugh. And again, he's just so creepy, but you gotta love that fucking, um, his, the best scene in New Nightmare, which still kind of gives me chills, is when he fucking rips up the babysitter in the hospital room. Oh, the throwback. That, yeah. That, yeah, that is a throwback to Tina from part one. It is creepy because not only is he sporting leather pants, fucking hot, by the way. <laughs> green fedora, hello. Yeah. And his fucking trench coat, which like has red and green Jackie, stripes. Like, oh, hey, yeah. oh, hey. <laughs> what I say? He is the most creepiest format that I have seen, and I'm going to give a little respect because he wasn't this creepy... First one, he was creepy. I actually feel like in part two, he was a little bit creepier than part one. Yeah. But there was this weirdness in uh, uh, The Dream Child Part 5 where he was a little weird and creepy looking at the beginning. I don't know. That, like that was just me. Get, like, yeah, yeah. But then they went back to jokingly at the end of the movie. So, but, but New Nightmare? I have a theory. Love the makeup. That love I'm everything. just coming up with because, I lo- because I'm just realizing this right now. Right. It. Smell so, it. So, in, <laughs> in Nightmare on Elm Street and all the other ones previously, he had had his flesh melted away by fire. Mm. But in New Nightmare, he looks almost like Frank and Hellraiser, where the the meat is getting put on his bones. He looks very like like he's, he's being re-put together. Yes, and like 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 it's coming back to him. The power is coming back to him. The more fear he can put into the world around him, clean it. It's like the more he can do that damage in the real world, the more he becomes a real part of it. And so he does. He looks like this crazy manifestation of something being put together from the inside out. Like, Ooh, I like that too. Mm. I, I I just keep on going with it, but this one too, the glove. There is no glove. <gasps> yeah, it's just what part I, of his head. No, what's great about it is it, so it's that it's the fucking <laughs> it's the, the poster version. from the first movie. The poster from the first oh, movie. Yeah. That's what they went with because the f- poster the f- was the like red and the blue and mm-hmm. looks like fucking wires around oh, his shit, hand. You're right. Yeah, and it's yeah. that creation. With the fucking, the fucking nuts. With the fucking knives on his hands, man. Oh yeah, the kids too. Okay, though. I'm going to say that, You did like, that as a kid, didn't you? Of course, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Brian, my brother, took one of my dad's, like, brown work gloves and took oh, my mom's shit. steak knives and he put the knives within the glove oh, so the knives God, would like stick out of the gloves. Out of the glove. And oh, then I great. would tape the steak knives to my fingers and then we'd get caught immediately and, in, you know, in trouble. But, but yeah, no, Brian and I played Freddy. Jesus Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fun and games. Until somebody <laughs> I did that too. It's not life. fucking weird. It's not weird. It's you, not weird. You guys are yeah, weird for not having right. done that. Okay? Normies. <laughs> yeah, Excuse no, me, no, I was did. playing you Legos versus aliens, all right? Where the little Lego guys would discover the alien colony and get eaten by the queen, all right? You're still on aliens. We're on New Nightmare now. Welcome to Earth. That's how I used to play. Welcome to Earth. Welcome back to New Nightmare. What is it called? The. Mandala? Mandala? Mandala. He doesn't say that. 
He doesn't say Earth. I he know, act, but we just he, think he yeah, does. For some reason, we he we think he says welcome. The, yeah, yeah, that's what it. No, because I watched it recently. No, he says Earth. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He says Earth. He does say. So we're just all racist. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I think it has less to do with racism and more to do with hilarious circumstances. We just ebotically say it Earth because it's a meme. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, but no, he does say Earth. Yeah, he does. He yeah. does say Earth. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies and respect to Will Smith. Yeah, in case we meet him next time we're in a con. Galaxy's we're Defender. No, you know what? Take that back. No respect to Will Smith. <coughs> Genie sucks. Not having it. Wow. Hey, but hey, 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 hey. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones were the original Guardians of the Galaxy, my that, friend. Okay, okay. Can, solid <laughs> point. Solid point. Jesus, can we please stop <laughs> telling celebrities that they suck in weird ways so that I don't have to get nervous about who we're going to meet next? I really don't think we're ever going to meet Will Smith. I'm just saying. If we do, Two he's years not going to talk to us. We I would say, say this to his face. He hasn't done a horror movie. Oh, wait a minute. I Am Legend is... Never mind. Okay, never mind. All right, we're here. Richard Matheson, excuse me. Ah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but, but yeah, so uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the putting knives to your fingers as a kid. Yeah, it's totally normal, man. Um, you guys, we are fucking missing something that I'm devastated that all three of you would dare go Uh-oh. how many minutes into this thing. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, like, let me straighten my tie mentioned? a minute. And it is a one Uh-oh. sexy motherfucker. John that Saxon? I like to call. <laughs> oh, no! Oh! Dude, John. John say? Saxon. John, John, John Saxon. I'm just going to say that not only now John do I kind of want to do old man dirty things with him, but now I want him to be my, like, father figure in life. And that's and where I, it comes full circle. The maternity thing means yes. that fatherly thing. And it's not. And see, this is where it does a shit on men. As the man in yes. this fucking uh, podcast, I like to stand up for my male boys. <laughs> but, yeah. See, that's the thing, though. Male, males are that maternal thing when you're older and you need advice and help. Like, through, like, the, yeah. like, through, like, the growing up phases. That's why... You know, girls have daddy issues if they, like, you know, leave at the teenage years. That's where you kind of need him most. But And that's what he's he's there for Heather, Nancy, whatever, uh, as that advice. Whether it's a friend, it still is a fatherly figure. figure. Well, I and like what I, I, I love, I love daddy-daughter relationship movies. And I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, but I, I just love <laughs> movies that have that strong. Because it is, I think it is really important in a woman's life. But what I really love is his reprisal from Nightmare, Dream Warriors, and New Nightmare. Yes! Mm-hmm. He's and, part of the trilogy, too. And, yes, and like, right. I mean, if you're talking, like, the three biggies in yeah. this in this franchise, those are the three. If you never sure. watch a Nightmare film, like, just watch those three. You don't have to watch the rest of them. I mean, you should, but you, you don't have to. Um, so, but Saxon too. does such a, like... I mean, you, you root for him. You mm-hmm. want him. He cares, and there's such a depth to what he does and when he comes back and when the lines of reality get blurred and he sees her as Nancy and not Heather I love that moment because you know that that means that her dad is there for her and that no matter what happens she has his strength because that's how girls feel when when their dad is proud of them and when their dad gives them those props that's how we feel is is that we can do anything. We can hit the home run in our softball game. We can, you know, get on stage and give that monologue even though we can't pronounce Thanksgiving. Like, those kind of <laughs> it's things. It's not a personal story. It happened to her friend, okay? Yeah, that was a friend. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying. It was like, Thanksgiving. It was 
Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in kinder in preschool, I received a report card that said I could catch and throw large balls and run in a fairly straight line. So I don't want to hear and it. And she's been catching big balls ever since. Hi, y'all. Hey. Oh, that's my husband over there in the oh corner. That's why, it's, that's why it's even more funny. True story. No, yeah, no, you're so true. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take away. No, no, I love it. I don't care. It's becoming um, a Father's Day episode now. Yeah. Damn, now we're back. Moving forward. Now we're back. <laughs> Another theme, real quick, I wanted to say that I also enjoyed was the playing around with like, oh, see, this kid's fucked up because his mom's a horror person. Like, oh, me, the stigma hit, is yeah, a horror the fan. Of a, a horror that's right. Mm. Um, and how it would fuck up your kids. Obviously, struck very near and dear to my heart because uh-huh. I constantly worry that my love of horror, like literally when I when the girls when Kenzie was first born, I sold off. I had quite an extensive collection, and I sold it all off for like pennies on the dollar. Uh, like I'm talking, I sold things that are probably worth three, four hundred dollars for like a dollar, because mm. my thought was I had to cleanse my heart, the horror part of my life, out of my system, as part of being a mother. And it was so stupid and so misguided. And obviously now I've kind of, you know, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Reclaimed. Thank you. Yeah, like reconciled <laughs> my sense. life as a mom and my life as someone who not only writes horror and reviews horror and does all this stuff, but that the two worlds can coexist and my kids are, are better for it. You know, mm. like, listen, neither of them is watching horror movies. Monster Squad excluded, of course. And Jaws, and Jaws, which Molly decided was very boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh. it, 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 well, it excuse is. us. Yeah. It's, it's just one of the greatest horror movies. Of all it time. is pretty boring, though. It is. It takes a long time yeah. for something to happen. She she was she was watching it and she's like, so when's the shark gonna happen? It's yeah. a great <laughs> afternoon nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, Sunday. My cousin like, Vinny and Jaws, man. Sunday sorry. afternoon. <laughs> like, when, when Jaws popped out of the water, she's like, oh, is that robot supposed to be a shark? Like she was. <laughs> Wow, no fucks given, I love it. yeah. It's so fun to watch horror movies with your kids because they're so underwhelmed by things. But, like, even when we come to these cons, like, she, when she saw the guy dressed as Frank, she fucking jumped in my arms. And I get it. I was scared of that costume. So it's like you do. You worry about how psychologically your love or your involvement in these things messes with your kids. And I like that they played on that for a bit. And, like, because people do judge me and think I'm, you know, it's wrong of me to expose my kids to this stuff. And, like... After having been so ashamed of being into horror and having done so many stupid things, like literally going five years without even thinking about horror in my life. Whoa. Never, didn't watch a movie, didn't talk about it, didn't act like I was a horror fan, had no horror memorabilia in my life, had no, nothing. Wow. Um, it Sorry. took me, like, yeah. It took it's me my a, first time I'm hearing this. It's yeah, fucking yeah, crazy, it took dude. me a really long time to be okay with being a mom and being who I am. And it's, it's, it's hard. And I think Heather deals with that too. And I'm sure anybody who's in the horror industry knows that feeling, so... I like that they kind of played with that. Fuck yeah. Well, because she even says that one line. It's like, oh, you don't let it, him watch your movies, do you? And it's I like, oh, yeah. of course kids, not. What the fuck? Kids yeah. that are, pr- you know, kids that are prone to the, like, you know, prone to something, you know, that could push them over the edge. Yeah, but look at what kids are watching fucking now. They're on the fucking 4chan, like, seeing how to kill people. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely I, I, wrong. I read that. <laughs> I read that. I read it. I read it in Time Magazine. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it, they see a lot more desensitized now than they were then. No, it's they not really are, because no. of horror, just because society's fucking crazy. It's very but, true. The yeah. horror of real life is way yeah. stronger. Yeah, but me. you you mm. can't tell me that you can't show a five-year-old the Kali Ma sequence in Temple of Doom and not have them freak that out. That is out. true. Man, like, Indiana Jones, oh, man, the reason for the heart, that did Should freak me out. Should we watch? 
Like, even, like, Goonies. I'm like, shit, this is fun. We can't watch this. Like, what do yeah. we do? Like, because what we grew up on is so fucked up compared to, like, our kids that can't handle true. that shit. I'm constantly, I'm constantly surprised true. by how many people, people that I know and love um, in the horror community start their introduction to horror horror stories and horror everything with, I was probably too young to watch or I was too young to read or I was too young to see. Yeah. And it's like, we all just assume that like, like now we know better than what we were too young to see. But then I meet you guys and it's like, were we or did we become better people for it? We were at the right <laughs> like, time. Ooh. We were at the right time because I swear yeah. to God, I was at least five and my and my sister and her girlfriends rented Freddy's Dead. Surprise, that's why I love Freddy's Dead, because it's one of the first movies I watched. And then the next night, we went over to my uncle's house, and he has Hellraiser 3 on. Oh, and oh, there's God. fucking Pinhead in, like, the fucking column. Oh, and that's all I see for a weekend was horror. Yeah. It was horror movies. and But... It was crazy. Do we have any any final thoughts? First of all, yeah. just awesome pick. I mean, awesome I pick. was we yeah. were so excited to do this, yeah. and just like uh, so we, many... we could literally go on forever for this movie because it's oh, one man. of the greatest horror yeah. movies in my mind. And then, but then again, I can go like this for any Freddy movie. Yeah. So, so I think we should yeah. propose a toast. I can. Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't have a, a beverage. Neither do well, I. Well, they don't know that. So, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so we're proposing cheers. a toast. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to Jackie. Yeah. And hopefully there will be no funny. new nightmares in the future. Oh, well, or many new nightmares. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, Katie and Marissa, if you guys can remind me, where can I uh, listen to Mise on Scream? Ah, uh, yes. So you can listen to Mise on Scream. Apparently iTunes is being terrible, but you can go to our website, MiseOnScream.com. Um, but you can also find us on iTunes because uh, it will be there. You can also find us on Instagram and any, really anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We are trying to be. Uh, we have four down and many, many more to come. And I'm Zach. I'm pretty much the you know how Tori was the Saved by the Bell. I'm like that to Jersey. No, I, you are not the Tori. You are not the Tori. I'm the Tori. I'm a Tori. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, of course you can check us out where you find us because nowadays you guys find us on your own. You don't need us yep. to remind you. <clears throat> you so know, eat shit and live. That's right. Eat shit and live. It's your birthday today. Network.